the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. It says they came boldly upon the city. That means they came without fear because they knew all the men of the city were incapacitated. And so two men can go and kill all the men in a city if all the men in the city are recovering from a circumcision, right? And so they go into the city and they slaughter all of the men of the city. Now this illustrates to us how we should deal with sin. You don't negotiate with sin. Don't try to make a deal with your sin. You kill it. Fooled into believing they would get the better end of the deal, the Canaanite men agreed to circumcision just so they could be like pirates and plunder all of Jacob's goods. We learned today from Pastor Dan that it didn't work out like that for them. Their greediness lost them their lives, literally. Folks, if we don't deal with our own offending acts, how can we think we'll be okay? It took Jesus dying on the cross so we can be forgiven. You and I have to demolish what we know to be wrong and turn from it. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 34 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. They're holding Dinah hostage as they are trying to coerce Jacob into this agreement. And we see even with Shechem, he doesn't acknowledge any wrongdoing. He doesn't apologize. He doesn't ask forgiveness. They're just trying to coerce Jacob into this agreement. Verse 13, but the sons of Jacob answered Shechem and Hamor, his father. Remember, Jacob has 12 sons. And they spoke deceitfully because he had defiled Dinah, their sister. So here there's this negotiation going on. And the brothers come up with a plan to deceive the men, the Hivites. Now, let me say, too, it's not unusual in that culture, in that time, for the brothers to take the lead in the negotiations here. This isn't that Jacob is is weak. It's common for the brothers to get involved in this negotiation. And the sons of Jacob, they're going to deceive Hamor and Shechem with the response. And they wanted to convince the men of Shechem, of the Hivites, to be circumcised so they could attack them and kill them. There's 12 boys in that family. (laughs) It doesn't really surprise me. This is kind of the plan they came up with. When you got a house full of boys. I got three boys, and I wouldn't put it past my sons to come up with something like this. But you got 12 boys. You definitely got this kind of stuff going on in their heads. And they said to them, Well, hey, we can't do this thing. We can't enter into this covenant and become one with you to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would be a reproach to us. 
But on this condition, we will consent to you. If you will become as we are, if every male of you is circumcised, then we will give our daughters to you. We will take your daughters to us and we will dwell with you and you and we will become one people. But if you will not heed us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. Now, remember, circumcision was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham and his descendants. So it's the sign of the covenant with God. And they use the sign of the covenant with God in a deceitful way here. And they tell Shechem and Hamor that every male in your clan must be circumcised for us to enter into this agreement with you and become one with you. And they say, this is a deal breaker. If you won't go through with this circumcision, you know, just give us our daughter back and we'll be gone. Now, verse 18, remember Shechem is just controlled by his flesh and his lust. And the words pleased Hamor and Shechem, Hamor's son. So the young man did not delay to do this thing. Now, I don't know exactly what that means. They didn't delay to do this thing. I don't know if he said, Dad, you got your pocket knife on you? We can do this right now. Right here, right now. Let's get it done kind of thing. Because he delighted in Jacob's daughter. And he was more honorable than all the household of his fathers. And that's something at the end of verse 19, that Shechem was the most honorable person in his family. Tells you a lot about the Hivites. And Jacob, this is why you don't want your daughter hanging out with him. Shechem's the most honorable one in the whole family. And so now Hamor and Shechem, they have to go back to their people and convince the men of their family to be circumcised. And so, verse 20, And Hamor and Shechem and his son came to the gate of their city. That's where the leaders of the city would gather. And they spoke with the men of their city, (laughs) saying, Have we got a wonderful opportunity for you? This is a a once-in-a-lifetime chance. There's just one catch. And these men, and they say, these, these men are at peace with us. Therefore, let them dwell in the land and trade in it, for indeed the land is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters to us as wives. And let us give them our daughters. Only on this condition will the men consent to dwell with us to be one people. If every male among us is circumcised as they are circumcised. So, so here's the catch. <laughs> now the, the Hivites, they didn't practice circumcision. It wasn't part of their culture. So I wonder, as they're explaining this to the men in the gate of the city, and they say, we just have to be circumcised. I wonder if one of the men in the gate said, circumcision, isn't that the procedure where they, yeah, that's right, that's all we've got to do. That's it. We've just got to do this one simple, very painful, surgical procedure that none of us have ever performed before, but how hard can it be, right? I mean, after 10 or 20 times, you know, you'll probably get the hang of it, you know. So who wants to be first? <laughs> now, in verse 23, we learn the real reason why Hamor and Shechem want to enter into a covenant with Israel. Again, it seems that they are threatened by the wealth and power of Jacob living on the outskirts of their town. They don't like that, and that's why they're trying to coerce Jacob into this agreement here. Verse 23 says, Will not their livestock and their property and every animal of theirs be ours? We'll get all their stuff. 
we enter into this agreement, we'll get all of their wealth. They could, the people can see their wealth. They can see the size of the flocks and the livestock that Jacob possesses. And they said, we'll take all of their wealth from them. And so the pain will be worth all the gain that we're going to get. And that was enough incentive for the men to agree to be circumcised. And so verse 24, and all who went out of the gate of his city heeded Hamor and Shechem, his son. Every male was circumcised, all who went out of the gate of his city. Now it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain. <laughs> the, two, the two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, they have the same mother, Leah, as Dinah. So these are full brothers. They're older brothers, too, to Dinah. Simeon and Levi each took his sword and came boldly upon the city and killed all the males in Shechem. It says they came boldly upon the city. That means they came without fear because they knew all the men of the city were incapacitated. And so two men can go and kill all the men in a city if all the men in the city are recovering from a circumcision, right? And so they go into the city and they slaughter all of the men of the city. Now, this illustrates to us how we should deal with sin. You don't negotiate with sin. You don't try to make a deal with your sin. You kill it. How do you kill it? How do you destroy it? Through repentance and confession. You repent of your sin. Repentance means to change your mind about what you're doing, to change your mind about your sin, and to change your behavior. Repentance is turning from your sin and turning to Jesus Christ. Just as if you were driving down the road and suddenly realized that you were going the wrong direction and you immediately turn around and you start going the right direction. That's repentance. And we should repent of our sins, recognizing that this is wrong in God's eyes and I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be going this direction. And we turn from it and we start going the right direction. We start living for Jesus Christ. So there's repentance and there's confession. Confession means to agree with God about your sin, and about your life. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. So we don't want to allow sin. We don't want to reach an agreement with sin. We don't want to try to negotiate terms with sin. We, we want to destroy our sin by turning from it and confessing it to God. And then Jesus forgives us and cleanses us by his blood. Verse 26 says, And they killed Hamor and Shechem, his son, with the edge of the sword. And they took Dinah from Shechem's house. She's been held hostage there. And they went out of the city. And then the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered the city because their sister had been defiled. Remember what they said about this being such a a terrible, terrible thing that has happened, a disgraceful thing in Israel that should not be permitted. So now they go in, they plunder the city. Verse 28 says they took their sheep, their oxen, their donkeys, that what was in the city and what was in the field and all their wealth and all their little ones and their wives, they took captive and they plundered even all that was in the house. Pretty unbelievable. What they do here. You know. It seems. Incredibly. Harsh what they do here. But uh, today. In some Bedouin cultures in the Middle East. 
if a woman is violated by a man, the men of her clan will attack the other clan, kill all of the men in that clan, and take all of their possessions. As retribution and as a deterrent to prevent people from violating women. And in Bedouin culture, where they still do this, they do it within three days. It's interesting here how on the third day they go and attack the Hivites and destroy everything and take all their wealth. This is something that still happens in Bedouin culture, and it serves as a deterrent because if a man violates a woman, he knows his whole family is going to be wiped out and all of their possessions are going to be taken. Again, it's still viewed as a disgraceful thing that cannot be tolerated. And so there is this strong response to it in the culture, just as there's a strong response here. So then Jacob said to Simeon, verse 30, and Levi, you have troubled me by making me obnoxious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, he'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And since I am few in number, they will gather themselves together against me and kill me, and I shall be destroyed, my household and I. But they said, should he treat our sister like a harlot? In verse 30, Jacob seems more concerned about himself here. What's going to happen to him? While the sons were more concerned with their family's honor and defending the honor of their sister. Jacob is worried that now all the Canaanites are going to join forces and they're all going to kill me. Remember how we've talked about how we always go to the worst case scenario in our minds? This doesn't happen to Jacob. In fact, what does really happen to Jacob? Look in chapter 35, down at verse 5. So now as Jacob and his family are going to leave Shechem and they're going to travel to Bethel, verse 5 says, And as they journeyed, the terror of God was upon the cities that were all around them, and they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. This incident actually served as a deterrent and struck fear in the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were fearful of Jacob and would not attack him. Because of such a strong response to this sin, it caused fear in the people around them. You see the same thing in the book of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira who lied to the Holy Spirit about what they they received and what they gave. uh, And God struck them dead. And it says in Acts that fear came upon all the church and all the people outside the church when they heard the news of how God so severely judged that sin, it causes fear and acts as a deterrent. Now, just in closing here, there's a couple passages we want to look at together. The first one's Genesis 49. 
You know, I'd already mentioned that one of the reasons this story is recorded for us is because there is the threat of the Israelites intermarrying with the Canaanites and assimilating with the Canaanites. That's one reason why the story is included. Another reason we find here is in chapter 49 when Jacob is on his deathbed, he's about to die and he he calls all of his sons to his bedside and he declares a final blessing on each son in birth order. And so in verse 1 of chapter 49, it says, And Jacob called his sons and said, Gather together that I may tell you what shall befall you in the last days. Gather together and hear you sons of Jacob and listen to Israel your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. But you're unstable as water. You shall not excel. Because, here's why, you went up to your father's bed, then you defiled it. He went up to my couch. That's going to happen in chapter 35. So Reuben, as the firstborn, he has the birthright, but he disqualifies himself by his sin. So he's disqualified. That brings us to the next sons in the order. That would be Simeon and Levi. Verse 5, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Instruments of cruelty are in their dwelling place. They're violent. Let not my soul enter into their council. Let not my honor be united to their assembly. For in their anger they slew a man. And in their self-will they hamstrung an ox. Referring to this incident in Genesis 34. Cursed be their anger for it is fierce. And their wrath for it is cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. So they're not going to get an inheritance in the land, in the promised land, because of their actions at Shechem. So Reuben, as the firstborn, is disqualified, and then Simeon and Levi are disqualified, although the sons of Levi will redeem themselves later in the book of Exodus. So that brings us to the next person in line. And who's next? Verse 8, Judah. So now Judah rises to the top of the family. And look what it says about Judah. Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Jesus Christ will come from Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, as a lion who shall rouse him. Now, verse 10, the scepter, which speaks of authority, governing authority, shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. That's a title for the Messiah. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. So you have this messianic prophecy here with Judah. So now, because of the circumstances, Reuben is disqualified because of what happens in chapter 34. Simeon and Levi are disqualified. Judah rises to the top and from Judah will come Jesus Christ, the Messiah and Savior of the world. So that's why this is recorded for us in chapter 34, because it tells us why Simeon and Levi are disqualified in the family. Now, one other passage, and we'll go through it quickly. Uh, Joshua chapter 8 Joshua chapter 8. Now remember the children of Israel come into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. 
And when they come into the promised land, remember they first go to Jericho. Remember that great story about Jericho. And they conquer the city of Jericho. And then after they conquer the city of Jericho, they go to Ai. And they've got some trouble conquering Ai, but eventually they conquer the city of Ai. And so everywhere they go, as they come into the land, they've got to fight for these cities. They've got to conquer them with their military. And after Ai, they go to Shechem. And in Joshua chapter 8, verse 30, it's there at Shechem. It says, now Joshua built an altar to the Lord God of Israel and Mount Ebal. Shechem sits right at the base of Mount Ebal. As Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the children of Israel... As it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man has wielded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the children of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. Then all Israel with their elders and officers and judges stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord. The strangers, as well as he who was born among them, half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim and half of them in front of Mount Ebal. Shechem sits right in between Gerizim and Ebal. And so half of the tribes are at the front of Mount Gerizim, half of the tribes are at Mount Ebal, as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel with the women, the little ones and the strangers who were living among them. So they come into the land. They conquer Jericho. Remember, they march around the city of Jericho and God causes the walls to come tumbling down. From there they go to Ai, they lay siege to Ai, they conquer it. But then they come to the area of Shechem. And they don't have to fight for Shechem. In fact, they're able to have this wonderful church service there at Shechem and go through the law of Moses and with the tribes, one on Mount Gerizim, one on Mount Ebal. Why don't they have to fight for Shechem? Because the people in that region still recognize that it belonged to Israel from when Jacob conquered it. And so when they get to Shechem, they can just have a church service there. Because the local population knows this belongs to Jacob. And we remember what he did to the people here. And how they dealt with the people here back in Genesis chapter 34. And so these events back in chapter 34 of Genesis have a a long-lasting consequence in the nation of Israel. And when they come into the promised land, it provides them a place where they can stop and they can worship the Lord and have this little church service there between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal because it belonged to them because of what the sons of Jacob did back in Genesis 34. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this chapter. Lord, I pray for us, Lord, when we have sin in our life, that we would be quick to deal with it, that we would deal with it in a way that puts an end to it. Lord, we thank you that we see with Jacob and his family that 
even when we handle things in a way maybe that aren't the best or aren't right, Lord, that you still, you still use it, you still bless. You're still gracious with us, and we're grateful for that. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life, so please let us know by giving us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer requests with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am well I know because I know his voice and it only takes J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.